Good morning. Good to see you here this morning. Really glad you're with us. We are beginning a message series today about being lost financially. Uh, a few times in my life, I've been lost geographically. Um, uh, I've traveled several miles down a road that I thought would take me where I wanted to go, and then realized that I had made a wrong turn somewhere. And there's that sudden realization, oh, no, I'm going the wrong direction. I'm going the wrong way. I made a wrong turn, and I'm lost. Now, I've got to get back on track and get back to the road. And I don't know about you, but that's a bad feeling. Just, oh. Yeah, I've got to go all the way back to that place where I turned off and and make up all that ground, waste all that time, and then get back on the road. I've got some backtracking to do. Really bad feeling. There's always that when you're lost. There's always that sudden realization, then there's the bad feeling that follows. Now, there are several reasons. There are several things that can contribute uh, to being lost. One of them is just having the wrong directions. Have you ever had someone write out directions for you and they, they tell you, you know, turn left at this street, right at the next street, go straight, you know, whatever. But they told you left when they meant right. And you end up making a wrong turn. So maybe, maybe you have the wrong directions or I've actually been handed maps where north and south were turned upside down. They just had a blip when they wrote it out and Whoa, bad map, bad, bad directions. Uh, another thing that can happen is you just make a mistake. You, you had a split, de- split second decision to make and you, you, you were mistaken. Even with a GPS, intersections confuse GPS devices, I found out. The little box gets confused and you can't exactly pinpoint what what it's saying and you're trying to figure it out and you've got to make a decision and boom it's the wrong one i i actually almost make the wrong decision every time i don't know it's just a law it's the lanthrop law of driving um, you probably don't want to drive with me because sometimes i've been accused of this next thing getting distracted i've had guys we've been on trips going to conferences they've taken the keys away from me because I'm talking, I'm carrying on a conversation, really into it, and they're, they're afraid. And so they, they've taken the keys from me. It happens. Um, but you're looking at the scenery, you're not paying close enough attention to what's going on, and you end up way down the road that you didn't mean to go down, and you're lost. You've got to turn around and backtrack. When you're lost, it helps you to do a couple of things. It helps to figure out what happened so that you can keep from getting lost again. And it's best to ask for directions. I, I really don't like that one. I, I wait until it's absolutely necessary <laughs> to ask for directions. I put that off until the last minute. I don't want to do it. It's the way I'm wired. A lot of guys are that way. But it's best to ask for directions when you're lost. And you know, it's easy to get lost in almost every arena of life. Uh, romantically, today's the day. We can just mention that. It's easy to get lost. You break through some boundaries or you don't, you know, you, you, you just 
follow your heart and you end up in a relationship that's rough. It's it's not it's not easy. Um, relationally, morally, spiritually, and financially. It's very easy to get lost in our world financially, and, and we're going to look at being lost financially uh, in this series and today. We want to discover how and why we got lost and what God says about getting back on track. God has a lot to say about money. Jesus said more about money than he said about heaven and hell combined. Most of the parables have a, a setting of uh, a back, backdrop of finances uh, because this is, this is something that is very important to us. We spend a lot of time earning our money, and we spend a lot of energy sort of paying, you know, paying attention to whether we have too much or too, well, too much, <laughs> too little, and we need more. And so it's, our hearts are wrapped around it, and it's, it's a very important thing to, to uh, get our hands around, to figure out whether we're lost, and then to, to find out what are the steps, what, what's the right direction to get back, back on track. So this series is about what are the values that God has for us to adopt, what is, what is the heart behind uh, how he wants us to handle our finances. Andy Stanley came up with some things to help us discover whether or not we're lost financially. How to know if you're lost financially from Andy Stanley. Number one, if you spend more than you make in a year, you're lost. The average American spends 125% of their income every year. It can happen. Number two, if you don't know whether or not you spend more than you're making, you're lost. Three, if you owe more on your car than it's worth. Four, if you don't know how much you owe on your car, you're lost. And if you don't care, you're really lost. <laughs> Um, number five, if paying the minimum on your credit card is a way of life. Number six, if you think paying the minimum on your credit card is good financial planning. Number seven, if the only money you're saving is the money taken out of your paycheck. Number eight, if you aren't sure if you're saving enough. Number nine, if you don't know exactly how much you owe. I mean, I've had periods in my life where I didn't want to know. I didn't. I, I don't want to face reality. I don't want to pay attention to what's really going on here. It's easy, easy to, easy to fall into that. But you're lost. Number ten. If you have no method for tracking where your money goes. Number eleven. If you're, if you're making financial decisions, you hope that your spouse never finds out about. Or finally, if you've made financial decisions, you hope the IRS never discovers. Those are some good indicators that you're lost financially. And you may be lost because of a bad map. We all have a map that we operate out of in, in, our, in our hearts and minds. And that, that kind of guides our decisions and we make our choices out of it. Um, and we may have a bad map, maybe one that our parents left us or one that's been created by the culture. Or maybe you took a wrong turn. You made a financial decision that hasn't worked out the way that you thought it would. Or you got distracted. That can happen as well. I've just got to have this. You know what it would be to have a good financial plan? You've worked that out. You've thought through the steps. 
to get where you want to go, and you get steered off course by this thing you've just got to have, and you go after it. Um, I found that the best thing to do when you find yourself lost in an area, an arena of life, is not to look in the rearview mirror too long. You need to look in the rearview mirror long enough to discover what happened. What is it that happened? How did it happen? How can I keep that from occurring again? How can I not make the same mistake twice? How can I avoid that? So you need to look in the rearview mirror long enough, but it's very counterproductive to beat yourself up, to wallow in pity, to writhe on the floor in anguish over the situation you've been in. And finances are something that can reduce you to that. Just the pressure of, of money and finances and the stress can bring you to the point where you just want to stop and throw a pity party right here and now. But I found it's, it's the best thing not to look in the rearview mirror too long. And in every arena of life, if you'll turn to God, he will help you get past that point. He will help you figure out what's gone on, how it happened, why it's happened, and then he will walk with you if you'll turn to him. He will walk with you and take the steps forward to get back on track. He'll he'll do that financially. He'll do that in every arena of life. He's a very gracious God who's just waiting for us to turn to him and allow him to walk us through it as we learn what he has to say. So that's what we're going to look at. In this series, I want to encourage you to turn to God and ask for his help and begin to take the steps in the right direction financially. A major problem that we have, something that steers us off course and something that really brings the distractions, it's our heart. Our heart can lead us in the wrong direction. Our heart is where our map is found. That's, that's our GPS for, for living. We, we make our decisions, we choose our words, and we live out our lives based on what's going on in our hearts. It can get us lost financially very easily and in other ways as well. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 16, 15. God knows your hearts for the things that are considered of great value by people are worth nothing in God's sight. Our, our culture lifts up values, our, our, our culture, and we pursue them. That's what Jesus is talking about. The things that are highly valued among men and women, among people, among our culture, are, are not very important to God. But what happens is our culture lifts these things up and we pursue them. We, we pursue stuff and status and power and they, that leads us down the wrong road because we pursue them in, in the detriment of the things that really matter, the things that matter to God and the steps that we can take to, to find the, the, the kind of life that he really wants for us. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Our, our heart... Out of our heart flow our words and our deeds, our decisions, our choices. Our heart is really in the driver's seat. 
It's the one that is, it's the thing that is driving us and steering us in a direction that we need to go. So we, we need to guard our hearts is what scripture says. And one of the reasons we do is because there are three things in our hearts that lead us in the wrong direction. They can lead us to getting lost. And so I want to quickly go over those and look at some things and how they impact our finances. The first thing scripture says is folly. It's what, what it refers to as folly. Uh, Proverbs 22:15, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. And an accurate description of the Hebrew word, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, an accurate description of the Hebrew word for folly is a stubborn self-centeredness. I want my way. I want it. And I want it now. I want my way. I want my stuff. Second, uh, there are two other things in Ecclesiastes 3. We find them. Second thing is arrogance. Ecclesiastes 9.3 says, The hearts of men, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live, and afterward they join the dead. The word madness is a Hebrew word that means really arrogance, self-exaltation or self-praise. It's the word hallelah. Hallelujah is praising God. Hallelah is just this self-praise. Yah is, is God. Hallelujah. Hallelah. That's, that's where we exalt ourselves. There's a native arrogance that, that sort of leads us to feel that we deserve the best. And we, we deserve the most important place. And we exalt ourselves over others. The third thing in our hearts is harm. Now, most of us, as we're looking at the world, we don't rank ourselves among the evil because we compare ourselves to the most evil people or everybody who's more evil than we are. And we think, you know, well, I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. But this, this passage isn't talking. What it's referring to is there's this evil. There's this tendency to hurt others who get in our way, who, who, who block us from getting what we want. We deserve what we want, and so we're okay with running them over. We're all right with that. Now, advertisers understand these things about human nature. This, this passage is saying, I'm, I'm not above hurting you if you get in my way to get what I want. But advertise, advertisers understand these things about human nature, and they play into it. The theme of advertising is you should have what you want, because you deserve it. Think about all the ads you know, that you get. The, the commercials you see on TV, the things you hear on the radio. You, you deserve the best. You, you should have this. This will, this will help you reach your goals. It will help you get what you want. That, that is the constant theme of advertising. And as we hear this, the, things, the culture is driving us toward the things that it values. Status and stuff. And we're driven that way because our hearts resonate with those things. We, we want those as well. And it, our heart keeps driving us off course financially and down the wrong road. And if we don't guard against it, we get further and further off course. And we find ourselves off track financially. The, these three heart problems turn into strategies you find in Scripture that keep us going in the wrong direction. 
Uh, we did a sitcom a few years back. It was very well done. Uh, my mentor, a friend of mine, uh, Harold Bullock, he, he did a study, and he looked at wisdom and folly in the Old Testament, pulled out of the Old Testament five characters, five different fools that I, I personally recognize myself in a couple of these fools, and it's, it's very easy to translate uh, their characteristics into our lives. And it's easy to put names by the characters. So I would encourage you, I want to walk through these and talk about how they affect us financially real quickly. Um, in that sitcom, we looked at uh, five co-workers and their approach to their work and how the, these strategies play out in, a, in everyday life on the job. Uh, and I'm just going to just briefly cover what they're all about and look at how they affect our finances. But don't, try not to put anybody else's name on one of these right now. Just try to focus on your own, your own stuff that you're dealing with. But here are some strategies that develop. First one we'll call the easy way. This, this guy wants to do as little as possible and still have the life they want. They put their hope in the wrong things, and they're waiting For that one day when they find the magic key that's unlocking the door to life and everything's going to come together when they find this magic key. Um, Boy, does that attitude toward life affect our finances. Uh, We have big ideas. We have big hopes. We've got it all mapped out. If I ever get the opportunity, this is what I'm going to do. And, boy, we we can think about all the good stuff that's going to happen. But we aren't working right now. We're waiting till the one day when our ship comes in, but we've never bothered to build the ship. We've never done the work that we need to lay the groundwork for it to happen. Um, this person's lazy. They're not above lying or blowing their stack if they get caught dancing around responsibility. It really impacts us. My way is, an, is another strategy. Um, and, and some people develop an adversarial approach to life. They're adversarial people who think that everyone else should get on board with what they want, with the thing they think should be done. They use upset as a tool, as a strategy. If they aren't getting what they want, then they get upset in order to get what they want. That can wreak havoc on a family budget. If someone decides that they've just got to have something and they, they just make everybody miserable until they get it. Kids and parents try that. And it hurts. It hurts the, uh, it hurts the budget. Because at some point, you're tempted to give in. And that's, that's their strategy. That's what these people do. Third thing is the fun way. Third, third character and strategy is the fun way. This is the approach to life. These folks lock onto something that they want and they're so fixated on it that they don't pay attention or give a care about any consequences to having what they want. They just, they just lock on. And they don't care what it costs them. They don't care what it costs anybody else. But they are, they are into this. This is an addictive personality. Uh, and you know how that costs money and time and lives, wastes money and lives. And many, many of these people who 
choose this strategy toward life, they end up homeless. And, and they struggle their entire lives. But something that characterizes them is just blind desire. And that may not be your strategy for life, but we can sackle and get off track. The word, the Hebrew word for this character is sackle, C-A-K-A-L. And we, we can get foolish and just, we're making progress financially. We're doing pretty well. We've got our plan all worked out. We know what we need to do. Spend less. And then sure enough, here it is. I've got to have this thing. I don't care what it costs. And, and our time and energy and our planning and our research, everything starts going into getting the best deal or doing whatever, finding a way to get that thing we want. And it takes us off track. The glory way is the fourth character. That's their strategy for life. They want to be the center of attention. They can push people around to get the number one position. They love the limelight. And, and these folks spend money so they can make sure that they're in the limelight. Appearances are expensive. Keeping up appearances. And I wonder how much debt is driven by this desire to keep up expenses. To live beyond your means. And then finally, the predatory way. These folks are ruthless and they run over others for the sheer joy of it. There is, there is a person. The Bible is very real. And there is, there is a character, there is a person who's a predator in every arena of life. There are financial predators. This person never sets up a win-win situation. They always want to set up a win-lose. If they have the choice between win-win and win-lose, they're going win-lose. Because they like squashing people. And you have to realize when you get into financial dealings, these people are out there. They want to use you, take advantage of you, step on you, and squash you. They're not, they're not near concerned about you at all. So just know they're out there. As I said earlier, if you're lost, it's, it's important to look in the rearview mirror just long enough to figure out what happened, how it happened, why it happened, and how you can avoid that next time. And then ask for directions. Stop and ask for help. Ask for directions. Well, that, that, that gets to our pride. But God has promised the guidance that we need to find the way. Major reason we get lost financially is our hearts in the driver's seat. And it can take us the wrong direction. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. My family and I were in Reading, Pennsylvania one time. We were at a filling station, and it was lunchtime. I was trying to figure out where, I don't know, we must have been craving a sandwich or something, but there's policemen at the station. And so I said, hey, where's, it, where's the best sandwich place in town? And he, he, he took the time. He said, well, it's over here. Follow me and I'll take you there. I really appreciated that. I, I knew he would know the local knowledge on the best place to eat. And so he, he drove me downtown, Reading, Pennsylvania, and we followed and ended up having a pretty decent sandwich that day. I really appreciated his willingness to just drive me down there and show me. That made it real easy. That really helped. And that's what God promises to do. 
if we'll just stop and say, God, I, I'm, I'm lost. There's, I, I don't know all the reasons I'm here. Here's what I've done. Will you help me walk out of this? Will you help me get back on track and head in the right direction? God will do that. He will make straight your path. He will help you step by step to make progress. Following Christ, if you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, following him means that you make a shift from relying on your own insight, from trusting your own heart. You make a shift from that to trusting God, to following him. Try to find out what's on his heart, what's important to him, and then giving yourselves to those things. And so here's some steps that you find in Scripture for getting back on track. Number one, give your heart to God and to what's important to him. In, in a big part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about money. He talked about how to deal with stress related to finances. And boy, we're in that. I mean, most of, most of our lives were stressed at some point dealing with finances. Jesus showed us how to deal with financial stress. The summary is, don't wrap your heart around things that are temporary because they'll pop like a balloon. Wrap your heart around the things that are important to God and let him show you how to manage your finances in a way that honors him and he will meet your needs and he will lead you out of the mess that you find yourselves in. He will lead you in the right direction. Matthew 6 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you're wrapping your heart around these, around stuff that deteriorates, it rusts, it wears out, it's not, doesn't last, then you're building your life on a shaky foundation. If you wrap it around status, that's a fleeting thing. It's, it's not easy. So Jesus says, wrap your heart around the things that are important to God, and he will bring his blessing. You know, your money, and my money, it represents our life. We spend a lot of time earning it. Jesus says that we should pour our time and money into the things that last. We should pour our lives into the things that really matter to God. And his promise is that you will find the life that you wanted. You will find the best kind of life there is. If you'll just trust him. If you'll have the faith to give your heart to him. Jesus said more about money than heaven and hell combined. Most of his parables deal with money. Because how you handle your money is a profoundly spiritual issue. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve God to get what you want. You can't serve him truly and try to advance yourself. You have to make a decision. You have to decide. If you decide to make Christ your master, you will have everything you need 
to get back on track financially. He comes into your heart to provide the power, to give the guidance through his, through his spirit. But you have to keep saying no to your heart. Because those, those things, those heart problems are still in there. The folly, the arrogance, and the harm. You have to keep saying no. Those, those aren't going to go away till the day we die. Then if, if, if you've committed your life to Christ, you'll end up in eternity, they'll be gone. But until that day, you're going to struggle with those three things. That's what Scripture is telling us. You have to keep saying no to those things and yes to relying on God, asking for his help, getting into the Scripture to find out what he says about managing your finances. If, if, if you'll make him your master and not allow culture to awaken those things in your heart that lead you in the wrong direction, you'll, you'll find the help that he has. Jesus in Matthew 6:33 said, "Seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and God's righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you as well." He's talking about this pursuit of all the stuff, the things that we need and all, all the other stuff. We get our hearts and everything wrapped around it, but just set that aside, set your heart on doing God's will, living for him and for his kingdom. And all the other stuff will be given to you as well. As you give yourself to God's kingdom and pursue his purpose, he, he will meet your needs. Second, realize the true value of money. Jesus told the story. I'm going to let you read it. I'm not going to go into it uh, very much. But in Luke 16, 1 through 9, he told a parable. And as you read a parable and try to decipher what Jesus is saying, he, he used in telling these little short vignettes, these little short stories, he was using a common um, tool for communicating in his, his day. And there's usually one or maybe two points you can draw out of it. He told a story that says you should use your money for eternal purposes. You, you should take your money and use it for things that bless people, that further God's kingdom, further his cause. And that's where you find real satisfaction in life. Third, seek God's help to control desires. Proverbs 11.6 says, The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. This series is about how to be rescued, how God helps us get back on track. And so we're going to look at some specific desires that draw us off track next week. And we're going to dig into that. And then the third week, we're going to look at some wise financial decisions that we make all out of Scripture that help us get on track and stay on track financially. I, I don't know about you, but I need to hear these things over and over and over again because my heart wants to take me off course. And so I need to be reminded of what God says, what's important to him, and the path that he's laid out financially for me. Proverbs 28:26. I'm going to suggest that we memorize this in a little bit. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. We're going to look at how to say no to our own heart next week and then how to walk wisely the week after that. Finances are a matter of wisdom. They're, they're, the principles of handling your finances, they don't change and they don't bend. I mean, you either, you either spend less than you make or you don't. And in the midst of all that, all the, all the way that life works, God wants to teach us how to deal with the folly in our hearts. 
He wants us to learn how to walk wisely in this area. So we're going to deal with those things. And in a few moments, we're going to receive our offering. And I'd like to ask you, if you would, to take the connection card that's in your program and, and fill that out, if you would. If you're a guest, fill as much of that connection card out as you're comfortable filling out. If you're a regular, just your name and email would be great. But I'd like you to fill that out, if you would, and drop that in the offering when it comes by in a few moments. We try to always have some next steps for you to take at the end of the message. Because as you, as you hear the Word of God and you take steps to do the Word of God, your understanding increases. It grows. And so we always want to respond to what God says to us. So if, if he's spoken to you and you want to take some of these steps, that'd be great. Let us know on that card and drop it in the offering. First one could be to memorize Proverbs 28:26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. That's true financially. That's true in every arena of life. Second, I can identify with folly. And I want to ask God's help to move in the right direction. Maybe there's something that God spoke to you about and you, you want to move away from it. You want to ask God's for help for that. Um, if you'd like to know some resources, some books to read, we can, we can let you know. You can put, put you know, resources on the connection card and we'll respond as well. And then a the third step. For the first time, I want to give my heart to God and turn my life over to him. Maybe, you, you know, you're tired of living independent of him. You've tried it. Life, you feel lost. And you want to turn around and give your heart to God. That's what it means to commit your life to Christ. You turn around from going your own way, and you decide to make him the boss. And then finally, I will keep attending the rest of the Lost Message series to hear what God says about getting unlost, getting on track, getting back on the right road. Would you pray with me? Father, we, we thank you for your word that guides, and I, I pray that you would help each of us, Father, to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take, the steps of obedience. I pray that you give us the power. Father, um, in, in the ways that we're lost, in the arena that we're lost, I pray that you would graciously lead us on the right track. Get us back on the right road, God. Give us the power and the strength and just everything that we need to do right before you. Help us to say no to our own desires and our own selves and and live, God, for your purpose, for the things that matter to you. May we bring honor and and glory to you in the way we live and find the life that you intended for us to have in the first place. We ask for your help in this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.